The Stoic Jew podcast content for the month of May has been made possible by Dan Horowitz, who has graciously taken up my experimental request for an accountability sponsorship in hopes that this will result in more Stoic Jew content. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneewes, and this is the Stoic Jew podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Seneca's letter 123, which we've been reading all week. Yesterday, we ended off with Seneca's advice to avoid people who pass on vices uh, like the plague, <laughs> and uh, he gave the analogy of going to a concert and then getting a melody stuck in your head that once the melody enters your head, not only does it follow you around you know, for the next couple of days, but it can come up at any time. And, uh, and he concludes by saying, uh, this is why we must shut our ears against mischievous talk. And as soon as it starts too, once such talk has made its entry and been allowed inside, it becomes a great deal bolder. So today uh, we're going to focus on the excerpt where he talks about an example of what he means by this mischievous talk uh, that can take you away from the Stoic ideals and and lead you down the wrong path. So he says as follows. He says, eventually it reaches the stage where it says, meaning where this voice says, that, quote, virtue and philosophy and justice are just a lot of claptrap. There's only one way to be happy, and that's to make the most of life. Eating, drinking, spending the money that's been left to you, that's what I call living, and that's what I call not forgetting that you've got to die someday, too. The days are slipping by, and life is running out on us, never to be restored. Why should we hesitate? What's the point of being wise? Our years won't always allow us a life of pleasure, and in the meantime, while they're capable of it and clamoring for it, what's the point of thrusting austerity on them? Steal a march on death by disposing here and now of whatever he is going to take away. Look at you. No mistress, no boy to make your mistress jealous. Every day you go out sober. You eat as if you had to submit a daily account book to your father for approval. That's not living. That's merely being a part of the life enjoyed by other people. And what madness it is to deny yourself everything and so build up a fortune for your heir, a policy which has the effect of actually turning a friend into an enemy through the very amount that you're going to leave him. For the more he's going to get, the more gleeful he's going to be at your death. As for those sour and disapproving characters, those critics of other people's lives and spoilers of their own, who set themselves up as moral tutors to society at large, you needn't give a tuppence for them. You needn't ever have any hesitation when it comes to putting good living before a good reputation. End quote of the of the bad voices. <laughs> These are the voices you must steer clear of, like those which Ulysses refused to sail past until he was lashed to the mast. They have the same power. They lure men away from country, parents, friends, moral values, creating expectations in them only to make sport out of the wretchedness of lives of degradation. How much better to pursue a straight and eventually reach that destination uh, where the, maybe there's a word missing there. How much better to pursue a straight path and eventually reach that destination where the things that are pleasant and the things that are honorable finally become for you the same. So there's a lot to say here uh, and uh, we could analyze this from different levels. Um, this is what I would call counterfeit stoicism, okay? Um, and um, I'm actually not going to try to define the difference between counterfeit stoicism and actual stoicism, uh, number one, because I don't really feel qualified to do so at this point, and number two, because I think it would take us too far afield from the topic that we've been focusing on, which is how to resist the pull of being drawn into these false value systems. So what I'd like to focus on is that this this, you know, technique of the Yitzhahara, this rationalization technique uh, that, that Seneca highlights in the example. And I wish I had a name for this. Maybe I'll think of one before the end of the episode. But you'll notice what makes this type of rationalization powerful. It's the fact that it's appealing to you using the same value system or the same terminology of the value system that you are striving to implement. In other words, let's say the example here, you know, Stoics are all about memento mori, about remembering death and letting that 
affect their decisions and their outlook. And in this example, he's basically saying, yeah, you're going to die. You might as well live it up. And, you know, and uh, you can't take, take anything with you. So spend it all, you know. And it is it, it, it's, it's saying, basically, if you really want to be a good stoic, then this is what you have to do. So it's a much more insidious form of rationalization because a normal in, I guess, in, you know, the garden variety rationalization, you have your value system and then the rationalization comes in and and often appeals to you with some contrary value system or some alternate value system. Here, the, the voice of rationalization is telling you that if you really were serious about this value system, then you would do X, Y, and Z. And the X, Y, and Z is really undermining your ability to stay connected to this value system. So for example, in this case, you know, the Stoics are really striving to rise above the influence of feeling like they need all of these pleasures. Like the letter started off with Seneca being confronted with bad bread and realizing that in order to get more enjoyment out of it, he should cultivate a desire, you know, let time go by until he gets hungry enough and the bad bread tastes good, or just wait till good bread comes his way uh, and uh, not clamor after it uh, because that's only going to make him more miserable. But what this voice of rationalization is saying basically is no, you should go and seek all of the bread that you want and get the best bread because you're not going to have bread in the grave, you know? So it's, it, it's appealing to him along the same lines that, that, uh, and the same principles on the surface, but it will lead him into a lifestyle, which is really against those principles and takes him away from his true values. And I think this is true in Torah as well. Uh, I mean, you know, the Rambam, uh, talks about this in the beginning. I didn't plan to talk about this, so I have to just open it up really quickly. In Hillos Deus, after talking about the um, how going to the extremes um, is uh, is bad, he says, Shema Yomar Adam, Hoil Vahatava Vakavod Vakyotaban Derek Raahin, since uh, desire and honor and other things like that are an evil path, Umotin es Adamin Olam, they remove a person from the world, Efrosh Mehan Bioser, I will separate from them exceedingly, the esrachik l'tzad ha'akron, and I'll go to the other extreme, ad shalei yochal basar, till I don't eat meat, v'lo yishtei yain, I won't drink wine, v'lo yishtei and I won't get married, v'lo yishtei b'dira na'e, and I won't live in a nice house, v'lo yibash mabush na'e, and I won't uh, put on nice clothing, ela hasak v'hatemer hakasha v'kiyot z'behen, just uh, sackcloth and wool and other things like it, k'gon kumre edom, like the Catholic priests, gums, or Roman priests, I guess, gums oder, I wonder if he's talking about, uh, if he's talking about Catholics, or if he's talking about some other philosophy here, uh, I'm not sure, like some other ascetic thing. Anyway, Gamzo Derek Rahi. This is also a bad path of Asr Lelech Ba. So, in other words, that, that's the type of reasoning that could be seductive. That you see that the Torah is against Taiva, against you know lust and uh, and, and instinctual base base uh, desires, and you see that the Torah is against Kavod. So you go to the opposite extreme, thinking that you're embodying the Torah's value system, when in in reality you're just falling into another evil. Um, same thing when it comes to learning. I mean, this is a problem that, uh, that you know, I guess, um, I mean, technically anyone could fall into this problem, but I, I've heard that yeshiva bochrim uh, are more prone to it when they go to Israel and they're in an intense learning environment and they they push themselves too hard in their learning to the point where they're not doing anything else and they're taking on more that they can handle and they're telling themselves, I am being a, a learner. I am being a Talmud Chacham. Uh, when, when in reality, they, their actions are undermining their, their ability to actually stick to this value system and develop accordingly. So that is a very, a very insidious form of, of rationalization. 
and uh, and something to be aware of in Stoic development and in Torah development. Okay, uh, that's it for today's episode. I actually I've been meaning to to say something that uh, that I uh, I keep forgetting to say, which is that you know I I tend to post I, I schedule the the next episode to post um, at a little after twelve a.m. Uh, for the next day. And when I wake up, uh, I can see how many people have listened to the episode already before I share it on my social media, on my WhatsApp group and my Facebook group. Um, so there are people who, I guess, are at a much later time zone. And there are certain regular people who listen to or who, who at least download the podcast. And I'm just curious to know who you are. OK, not I mean, look, obviously, like, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not doing this in order to, to, be, to, to snoop. I just wonder, you know. Who in the United Kingdom listens to this podcast every day? Who in Australia? There's someone in France who's been listening from the very beginning, um, and uh, I want to know. Um, I I I, I want to know all of my listeners, and uh, that way I can provide more you know more content. So again, I really appreciate whenever anyone sends me feedback. Um, and again, I just keep on. I think it's just because first thing in the morning I see these same. Uh, IP addresses or same same locations uh, coming up, so I, I know that these are regular listeners, um, and uh, I'd like to know what what it is that you uh, that, that keeps you coming back, and what can I do to improve the podcast. And same goes for even the people not in the UK and France and Australia. Um, keep sending me feedback, what you like, what you didn't like, what your suggestions are, and I appreciate it. Uh, if you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Link is in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening, and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.